Cars today are safer, more reliable, and packing more technology than ever before. But if you're looking for an appliance on wheels, this isn't your show. We want to help everyone find a car they'll really love, capable on the commute, and a laugh on your favorite road. If you take the long way home, this is for you. New cars, used cars, whatever your budget, whatever your needs, if you like to drive, we want to help. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I know it's only been a week since we last talked to you, but Happy New Year. Welcome to 2016. This is our, yeah, no this is our big kickoff for the year. We've been talking about so much coming down the road. We've been spending our whole Christmas and New Year's break just talking about what is 2016 mm-hmm. going to be, which I love. And there's just so many ideas already. And thank you guys for the encouragement that you've been giving us from the last well, podcast. Really and appreciate just the, the ideas and, and the debrief. I mean, since we talked last yeah. week, you know, we yeah. did our, our sta- kind of state of the show address, for lack of a better way to put it. Hopefully we'll do one of those at least every year. And, and we just asked you guys for your opinions, and many of you have written in. And I have to be honest, it, it's starting to form, I, I think you've noticed this too, Paul, it's starting to form trends of things we're going, okay, so here's sure. the takeaway there. Yeah. And uh, we, we encourage you to keep writing to us. Uh, tell us your thoughts because we are formulating what our plan is uh, going forward, the rest of this year, we're kind of kind of planning the year in quarters already, and it's coming together. But but your your commentary is helping. Well, yeah, and I said to you, I'm imagining people will listen to that podcast throughout January and continuing. Mm-hmm. So, just because it's a week old doesn't mean you know we still don't want your of input. Not. Please write oh, in yeah, yeah. and keep it coming. So yeah, yeah. that's been helpful. And yeah, please uh, please give us your thoughts and suggestions. But we are kicking off the 2016 here with two car debates, and I picked them mm-hmm. specifically because one was Thomas in Colorado. He's a longtime subscriber and listener and watcher on YouTube. So, Thomas, yeah. thank you so much for writing in. He is debating a couple of, well, a lot of fun cars on here that a lot of people, including us, would love to be debating. But we've mm-hmm. also got Nick. He, I'm not sure where Nick is from, but his job is potentially moving him to Scotland. And I've got a lot of thoughts here. I want to get your thoughts as well. But he's thinking yeah. about, what am I going to do there? I, you know, I don't know if it's a short term, if it's a long term. He might have to sell his car, but Scotland, there well, it, could yeah, be some appears, opportunity here. It appears that he's moving. Am I correct? It appears he's moving from the U.S. to Scotland. Am from I the U.S. to Scotland. Yeah. Yes. Thanks for the yeah, clarification. Yeah, we just don't know. We just don't know where in the U.S. But yeah, that's right. That's, so he's right looking at a completely different car culture. And to be honest, we don't know a ton about it either. But I do have some ideas. I'm looking forward to getting to that one. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah, but you know, be before before we get to uh, to talking about Scotland and Wales and other fun places to drive in in the UK and crazy cars that are available there, we should talk about speaking of crazy cars, uh, something that just <laughs> happened this evening. In fact, we we delayed recording this podcast until we got just after the big reveal, and the, and we don't normally talk about this stuff, but because it has literally been, it's one of those things that's moved out of car culture. You've noticed this, I'm sure, moved out of car culture into just general press. Uh-huh. Everyone has been talking about Faraday yep. Future for the last week. Yep. And I'm not and I'm not talking the automotive part. I'm talking about the press in general leading up to CES have been talking about Faraday Future, which has been this mysterious we have a car company coming, it's gonna be the bigger, better Tesla, look at all the people we've hired, and yet you've showed us nothing. And then of course earlier today some photos leaked. We just both sat through the press uh the press <laughs> launch and I had to wake myself back up to do this podcast. And I said to Paul, I have so many thoughts that are so inappropriate 
about that press launch that we oh may have to, to to list this podcast as explicit. I hope we don't. I'm going to try to be good. But I'm still wiping just, tears from my eyes. We just watched the Faraday Future reveal, and I, there's so oh, much man. to say here. But I, I do want to say my general thing, and that is I don't like talking about concept cars because it's – you know, I, I hear I hear Monty I hear Monty Python Holy Grail in my head where they go, it's only a model. I mean, it's that. It's 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 that. It's so true. It's it's, it's oh my gosh. you know you walk around this ridiculous. It has no side mirrors. Everything's got creases. I mean, you know, invariably a concept car has some crease or fin on it that if you hit anybody at further than 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 idle speed, you're going to take off a limb. Trust oh me, gosh. that will not be on the final car. And this car, I mean, oh. <laughs> I just want to tell everybody, if you want to light Todd up, if you really want to see him just go to town, drag him to a marketing press briefing for anything involving a new car. He will stab his eyes the, out and the, just... The problem, the the, the problem so is the problem is you end up with oh people on stage that don't speak publicly very well. And I acknowledge it is not oh, easy. Yeah, and yeah. I acknowledge even if you're used to doing it, there is absolutely some moments of trepidation. There's tension. I get it. It's not something we, we naturally just go, I'm awesome at it. But typically people that are designers or the engineers. lead engineer or whatever, that person should not be speaking on behalf of the company. I don't yeah. care how many, how many, you know, you put up cute car. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. They're <laughs> going to stumble all over themselves. And I just uh, despite so there's all that. the teleprompters to not make exactly. you, you know, to not let you fail. We refuse so that's to let the, you fail. That's there. the beginning of, and you know, and you can oh feel. Gosh. I don't know. I don't know if you can, Paul, but I can feel the practice when I watch them too. I can feel the number <laughs> yeah. of run-throughs. Oh, and the yeah. person sitting in the audience going, "No, no." Raise your hand on this word versus this word. It <laughs> yeah. just feels like it feels as plastic as the cars they reveal. So I hate to talk about reveals like this. Beautiful. But this has been everywhere, so we have to talk about it. I have so many things to say I should stop, take a <laughs> breath, and let you talk for a minute. Well, I, I do want to spend some time on this. This is, as you said, all over the Internet. But this started for me a year ago, as you know, Todd. Yeah, that's true. January yeah. 2015, I had the opportunity to take a business trip to – then Faraday Future, they had just bought a building in mm -hmm, LA mm -hmm. and it's in Gardena area. It's an old Nissan building. It was an old Nissan, you know, marketing and legal and yeah, accounting yeah. building, yeah. whatever. And I went there. So I had this opportunity. I went there and actually met with Nick Sampson uh, and uh, their IT guy. He was all over this briefing. Yeah. yeah, he was all over this guy, all over the briefing. And um, I had a meeting there and noticed in the room a couple of strange-looking TVs branded with LETV. And I thought, okay. Mm. And the meeting went on and found out, okay, they're a startup and they're looking for, you know, software and, um, you know, all kinds of stuff. You know, as, as you know, they were starting with, from sure. scratch. Yeah. And mm -hmm. if, you, if you're not aware, this company is funded by a Chinese billionaire who has started LETV or Leshy TV. You can look this up on Wikipedia. There's a lot more information on there. But the idea, I'll capture this in a nutshell. The idea is as if YouTube had all of the sports programming and TV dramas and movies and entertainment shows and concerts, all of that stuff, but then they decided to make mobile devices, terminals, mm. televisions, mm. anything, yeah. any portal, physical electronic portal through which 
you could consume this YouTube content. And that's really yeah. what LATV is. It is like the YouTube of China, only bigger because they've got movies China. and all this other entertainment. And, and they, well, well they're, 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 they're YouTube and Netflix rolled into one. And then now they've decided yeah. let's also make you the devices you can consume our content on. So they want to be <laughs> the content creator and the end device creator. Which exactly is right. Exactly right. So imagine YouTube has all the content. You know, YouTube, Vimeo, and Netflix, mm -hmm, and Hulu, mm -hmm. and all the media sources that we consume, all that rolled into one. They make TVs, wow. so you buy a TV, and you've got that TV in your house. And then they decide, mm -hmm. you know what? Let's make cars, because Tesla has released all their patents. They're now open source patents for anything regarding mm -hmm. their technology. Essentially, Elon Musk is saying, I want competition. I'm the big dog, yeah. and he, he is. He's, he's saying, come at me. But That's come exactly at me, what, he's doing. what do you yep. got? And yep. so clearly, these guys have taken up the mantle. Originally, this Faraday Future name was strange, and they said, oh, that's not going to be the, the name of the company. Well, <laughs> they didn't get around to thinking of something better, so I guess we're going to go with that. Yeah, exactly. It's we're a strange name. That. We can't change it now, yeah. <laughs> what did you tweet at me? We've got to, we've got to look at the future and, and decide and, and build oh, this car from no. the future's perspective. I, I'm, I'm quoting it. I'm quoting it. It was one Ugh. of the things in their script, and I'm not going to attribute it to the guy that said it because he's reading somebody in the marketing department who was darn proud of themselves. <laughs> oh, yeah. But they – seriously. But but they – where was it? I'm, Define I'm the future from the future's perspective. There it is. Yes. That is classic – what? Marketing nonsense. What? Define the future from the future's perspective. I'm sorry, I'm going off again. Unless you have gone <laughs> forward in a time portal <laughs> and you were standing 20 years in the future and you've looked back in time, that's the only way you're allowed to write a line that completely ridiculous. I, Defining I, the future from the future's perspective because mean? you don't know what's going to happen when you go for coffee in the morning, folks. Get over it. <laughs> oh, you've got to be kidding. So we both sat through this reveal, and it was I had a half online. hour of my life wasted this evening. The only reason I hung in there is because I'm going to talk to you nice people about it. Okay, so this was streamed live from CES, the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. And Nick Sampson also announced that they would be building a factory for which they're yeah. going to start building cars in just a few mm -hmm. weeks. Fine, whatever. Well, guess what? Tesla's done the same thing. Their, their factory's ahead of schedule, under construction. Yep. It's coming along, the, the battery factory, the Giga factory in, in yeah. uh, conjunction with Panasonic. So suddenly Nevada is the place to be, okay, and Nick comes from Apparently, Tesla. Yeah. All I know is that every time I turn around, it's uh, any employee from any car company is being poached by Faraday Future. Mm -hmm. Nick is a perfect They're example. They're paying well, apparently, yeah. I guess so. I mean, they've got the billionaire funding and all that stuff, but they're blowing through cash. They've got a lot of employees now. This LETV has 5,000 employees, and they've got a $12 billion market cap on the Shenzhen Stock Exchange. I just read here. I, I, I can't believe it. So they're well, you've coming. Heard, you've, heard the old, you've heard the old joke, right? Huh. That, that the best way to make a small fortune in, in – I mean, this has been applied to other things. But the best way to make a small <laughs> fortune in designing and building a car is to start with a large fortune. Yes, exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just – that's oh, – I hope you've got billions oh, and billions. Are you, so we're you, watching you, this. You've got to have time. Literally, if this is what you want to do, you've got to have time to just financially bleed. Oh, yeah. And this is the oh, only yeah. reason that Fisker and uh, Tesla, for that matter, even got kicked off is because they had government help, government grants to get them started. 
And you know, I mean, oh, any, sorry, I'm I'm gonna try to <laughs> gonna try to scale it back. I just I don't want to go for an hour on this idea. And it's not just about Faraday. It's just they've encapsulated so much of what drives me nuts. We don't even go to the press reveals, the press launches, no, at no. car at, at like LA Auto Show, because I can't stand the marketing speak. Maybe that makes me bitter and angry. But seriously, it <laughs> does make me bitter said, and angry to go. You're you're saving. Time, you're you're, you're getting I, your I'm life back. Buying back years of my life by not sitting in those events, listening to people that can't speak well in public, trying to sell us the marketing brief. And at least in those cases, they're most of the time selling a car that exists. What this is, if you have not followed along so far, or even if you have, I mean, what this essentially is is Faraday is saying what we're doing is we're making a modular car. Right, right. We can be completely modular with the amount of battery cells, which changes the wheelbase. We can be completely modular with where do the crumple zones begin and end. And we can be completely modular with where did we put an engine or engine. So is it front-wheel drive, rear-wheel drive, all-wheel drive, and how much capacity? We've made a modular car, which means we can put anybody we want on it. So since this is Vegas and our launch car, we're going to show you a single seat will never be made in the history of the world. You can quote me. We're going to make a single seat race car <laughs> with a white interior so we can show off because what we're really going to do is purity. also make Didn't minivans you... and sedans all in the same chassis. Didn't you hear Richard you know, Kim, the designer, was purity. Uh, it was the zero gravity seat at a 45 degree angle with NASA engineers. And, and then we coated it in white. So you can't actually sit there because you. You know what I always mark. thought. You Don't know what I always it. thought was funny. You Don't know what I always thought it. was funny about people saying that they've they've taken seat design from NASA. <laughs> Most of the work done in NASA's in zero g environments, and your seats are relevant. <laughs> I'm just saying, your seats are relevant. You aren't sitting anymore. You're either floating around the space station or you strapped yourself <laughs> in to sleep. These are the two ways you exist in space, folks. How so dare you I use just, logic? Uh, How dare you? Okay, anyway, so but couple of yeah. thoughts for you. So okay. this this. Unobtainium, non-existent, built with a 20-axis mill that doesn't exist, sports car yes. that Faraday has revealed. <clears throat> looking at this, thinking to myself, first of all, two thoughts. First of all, okay. when Tesla was introduced before the Model S, they started with a sports car. They started with the Roadster. Yeah. Now, yeah. the reason, they had good reasons, and that was because it was a modified Elise frame, mm -hmm. and it mm -hmm. existed. It already existed, and it could be easily modified, and they needed a small, lightweight test bed, essentially, to sure. put all yeah. the battery cells together and proof build this concept. car. It was proof of mm -hmm. concept, but they did build small, you know, limited run of it. Absolutely. So actually, Absolutely. their first car actually was a sports car, but it wasn't with the with the eye on the future. <clears throat> they were mm -hmm. they, they knew what they were going to do, but this was just the first iteration, but it existed. Lotus had yeah, already they, built They were this revising chassis. a chassis that works. Just rebody the car. But Paul, but Paul, this is defining the future from the future's perspective. <laughs> You're Come right. on, man. You're right. What was totally I Totally different. Totally different. But here's the thing, though. This modular idea, it was just presented like we've cracked it, we've done it. Oh, yeah. I hate to say it, it was but flash. You, used to, you used to take me around uh, around Art, Art Center yeah. In the mid-90s, and yeah. I hate to say it, but every year when the students were doing showcases in the mid-90s, people yeah. were showing, I've designed a modular car. It can be a two-seat smart car size thing. It can be a limousine. It can be a van. It can be a, a pickup. It's modular. Isn't that cool? Shh. Folks, this is not a breakthrough idea. Shh. I understand GM has it from a modular a... platform to some degree. Tesla's already doing that with the Model S, and guess what's under the Model X, folks? The same yeah. chassis. It's yeah, you're already right. there. I mean, you're right. Nothing new. This is not a news. This is not a breakthrough. I'm thinking, okay, well, Tesla came out, but 
you know, the, the Tesla Roadster was it existed. This mm-hmm. is unobtainium. This is oh, because we've we first led with the modular architecture thing. Well, therefore, we can just design this ejaculatory sketch that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> That's and, absolutely and it's, right. It's absolutely it, right. It's just it's a sketch, and I'm looking at it thinking. Guys, stop drawing. Stop drawing. Just put your well, pen. It's, stop skeptical. But, but <sighs> you're right. You you show off you show off the sexy sports car underneath the guise of it doesn't matter if what we're showing you right now doesn't really exist because no. we can make anything we because make it's anything. modular. That's that's the message here. Is be, is we can make whatever we want because it's modular. Now it's it's going to still come down to volume. It's going to come down to testing of of when you where you actually put your cell phone which i want to get back to that in a minute storage space that's going to end up ruling this reality yep and i'm going to go ahead and go there the tesla model x looks like a keychain version of a real car it it has that kind of and and this is what happens when you start going when you start going modular well you know what i mean where you get a keychain model of something and it's kind of right but it's kind of bulbous and out of proportion that's what the model (laughs) x looks like they squeeze the hood and like the, the, it looks the like, back end sort of farted up and <laughs> it, it looks like an SUV that went through the keychain treatment and came out the other side. It's what it looks like. Folks, so, I'm telling you, take Todd to a press briefing oh, and it'll it's hilarious. I love this. But, okay. But that's the thing. The single seat sports car to actually show we can do a minivan if we want. It's a total bait and switch. I have a smartphone thing to comment about, but sorry, go on. You wanted to say something. Well, that that got me thinking. As I'm watching the briefing here, I'm thinking, okay, they did a really crazy sports car. First of yeah, all, yeah. Richard Kim, the designer, the head of design, he's done some great mm-hmm. things for BMW, notable career. Yeah, but yeah. shame on you for being so irresponsible for doing a sports car out of the gate. Because if you're redefining everything and you have this golden, nearly non-existent opportunity to start Blue Sky from scratch, I thought everybody's asking for an electric pickup truck. That's hard to, to take care of towing and everything everybody uses a pickup truck for. Hello, Texas, Utah, most of California, the entire West, the far West. I, I mean, pickup trucks and having an electric well, but, pickup truck and they reveal something with storage and a lot of room and a range and a big towing capacity. You could put a blade on the front. You could plow snow. And you can do all these things. People well, they would, they would take orders at the show. They wouldn't be like, I don't, I don't. The applause was like, nah, yeah. it's another sports car. That's true. Car. The, the, the applause was, the applause was, what is that kind of applause? <laughs> Everybody's applause like, was, what okay. am I looking at? I don't know pickup truck, but I would back your play on large Something people useful. carrying SUV thing. Yeah. If they, if they went head to head with the Model X out of the gate, yeah. I could see them actually getting some orders right now. I agree with you. They'd be because taking I, orders. Because, like, Wow, that that connects the smartphone. Because okay, I this, get it. Because this right here is oh, so you're still sketching a comic book. It's not. It doesn't have a grounding in reality. But but speaking of that, they spend all this time talking about the future, and we're getting ahead of technology, and we're defining the future from the future's perspective. <laughs> Ugh, all of that. But then there's this big oh left gosh. turn. At least I took it as a left turn in their discussion about how you can plug your smartphone into the steering wheel. Right. The problem is smartphones are changing completely every two years. 
Based on where they are right now, they are at least two years from having a car even rolling chassis to show at an auto show, which means whatever they design tomorrow for the cell phone to fit into will be irrelevant by the time the car comes out. How is that defining the future from the future's perspective? I got You're it. already behind. Because the Apple Store is going to start selling steering wheels. So that's your accessories. So They're going to the have new, to. I, I mean, in case, it's going to start selling steering wheels. They're going to make steering wheels. So that's the They're going to have to, case, yeah. Because it's just – I mean, there is there is the – the other, I heard a rumor today that somebody said that they think this is actually Apple operating uh, in uh, by roundabout means, and they're going to swoop in and it'll turn, become the Apple car based on the, what um, the Faraday stuff is playing around with. No. Who knows? But no. the, but but I'm just laughing at smartphone plugged into your steering wheel because that means you're designing around current smartphones, and folks, yep. no technology is changing faster. Which means, but they they ha- they do their own cell phones. They make their own mobile gadgets already. So mm. they can just swap out the steering wheel or the the enclosure well, that holds it, or it's just going to be fingers yeah. or a Nerf they're gonna, they're gonna, that holds it or it's something. Going to I be, don't know. It's, it's going to be that spongy sausage. stuff that you stick plants into. It's going to be that where you can mold anything. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be future tech, man. It's oh that green, gosh. nasty foam you stick plant. Uh, anyway. Totally. And it just crumbles all over your interior. But I, I, want, I want to hurt myself unless we move on. I just I can't take it. It's, it's vaporware. It's, it is. It's vaporware. Well, honestly, if you're going to do this, I thought it was hugely irresponsible to design a sports car out of the gate. If that's if if you can do modular, well, we know you can do a sports car. Fine. That who cares? But do something well, that people can relate to. A truck. You can put stuff in the back, and I can, you know, tow a horse trailer with it. And I've got space for my family and coolers and gear and stuff. I, I hate and to it's say it. Off roadable. I hate to say it. Drive. They should have revealed two. Take my money. If, if you want, if you want to do the sports car, they should have revealed two. It should have been, and I can even think the filmmaker me can even think of ways to have shot the reveal if you've done this. <laughs> but they should have yeah. had the crazy sports car next to the minivan or family car or SUV. They should right. have had both on the same chassis with theoretically explodable chassis so you could lift the bodies off and show that it's the it'd same be, underpinnings. It'd be two big robot arms behind them that just grabs the car bodies and switches them. Essentially, if they'd done that, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. If they'd done that, everybody would fall all over themselves. This is, we've made a sports car and we, and we can make anything. Sure you can. Sure, of course you can. <laughs> but they're designing the future from the future's perspective. It's all from the future's perspective, Paul. By the way, I didn't know. I I didn't want to tell you this until now, but I'm sorry to surprise you with it. But we're actually going to do all of 2016 from 2017's perspective. The whole show is going to be done from the perspective of 2017's perspective. I actually might. I might actually advance the show this year based on what my 16-year-old son thinks. (laughs) Granted, he's only six now, but but he's going to tell me from 10 years in the future what the show's going to be this year. It's going to be awesome. You're right. That is a surprise. I'm not sure what to do with that. I don't know how to react. So instead of reacting, we're going to move to the car debates and go right in. I'm not sure how we're going to contain this because... We're, we're going to recommend come to reality. future cars. We're going to come to reality is what we're going that to don't do. Don't exist yet for our listeners. The car oh. that you need to buy is five years away, but it's going to be used in two years. So here it is. Exactly. Whatever. Car debating from the future. <laughs> Let's get back to reality. Okay, our friend Tom. My head's going to explode. <laughs> our friend Thomas. Mine already has. My friend. Our friend Thomas in uh, in Colorado wrote to us about a month ago, and just said he's been a long-time subscriber. Thank you, Thomas, for listening and watching to what we do. And uh, you clearly, you say it, 
But you're right. You are a BMW guy. You've pretty much just owned a string of fast yeah, or all-wheel drive big engine BMWs. The list goes on and on. And, uh, yeah. I, mean, I, I get it. Got, he, uh, he's a BMW yeah, guy. Okay. Like, I'm a Porsche guy. But look at this. Yeah. So he's considering a couple of used cars. But the biggest thing that stuck out here is he's got his wife's blessing to go do this. So mm-hmm. this is good. Mm-hmm. All right. So he's had all these M3s, E90, 330XI, so all-wheel drive cars because he's in Colorado. I get it. He's got a 97 E36 M3 slowly being transformed into the track car. Excellent. Yep. That's good news. But he's looking at and a he's couple old, used he's cars And he's owned here. other M3s in the past. He's, he's had yeah. these all-wheel drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's a string of BMWs, and he's looking for this is his doesn't have to be a track car, doesn't have to be the family runaround car. He's looking for a car in the middle of those two extremes, which is interesting. Like this. I, I like that he suggested a Cayman, so a base Cayman, but the second generation of the first car. So it would be the 987.2. The, the point two of the first gen. It would be yeah, like my yeah, car yeah. that I had, but only mm-hmm. the point two where they, they upgraded yeah, things, changed the, the lights and other things were refined. A little and, bit yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. And the E92 Coupe, which I love too, the, o, the 09 M3 E92. But he's specifically saying this is, grand, his, huh? this is his daily driver car is what this is intended to be. But daily driver in that he would obviously commute and do the normal everyday stuff in it. But he would also get the occasional, hey, this is a fun road. I want to blast up this road real, real quick. Mm-hmm. So it will do some back road canyon carving. It's just not going to do track duty. So that's what's got him looking at the E92 M3, which we're fans of. And the the O nine uh, Porsche Cayman base model actually is what he's mentioned here. He's looking at an M three at about thirty grand, and a Cayman at about twenty five, and he's saying, "What am I missing, and which of these should I go with?" And they're both good options. They're different animals, but they're both good options. I have uh, I have a winner of those two in my mind, and then I have a wild card. Do you think Thomas should be considering something turbocharged because he's at altitude and he's never. Well, maybe maybe not never, but just none of these cars. I don't think the E ninety three thirty was turboed, and none of the M threes. He's, yeah, he's had older M3s. Older M3s. I, no turbocharging. I just, I'm just thinking turbocharging for the Colorado Rockies, something different. I'm not necessarily saying just go Japanese or something like that, but I'm just wondering about something turboed for a different kind of power and just something other other than getting up. a different other than getting a different experience out of it. And I honestly yeah. feel like since he likes uh, naturally aspirated stuff so much, a part of me that kind of goes, you know what, if you're if you've embraced that and you like it, I say stay with that. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, I'm actually a little bit surprised. Maybe I shouldn't be, but I'm a little bit surprised he's not really looking at manuals at all. He's looking at PDK or, in the case of the BMW, DCT. But, but clearly, that track this is a car, car could that, be manual, though. That could it, be it, it, yeah, feedback, I'm sure it, you know? it probably is. It yeah. probably is. So we're coming back to the daily driver you know, commute duty here. Uh, by right. the way, I just had a realization that I still have the Faraday Future site up, and it's starting to make me ill. So just close that. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah. Awesome. So uh, <laughs> Good. So yeah, uh, so of these think, two options that he's suggesting, which do you like of these two? Well, that's the thing. If he's going to go, if he's going to go to low thirty grand, possibly. I mean, that's what, clearly in his budget for this E ninety two range. That he's looking at for low thirty grand. My my thinking is, you find a Porsche Cayman S for uh, low thirties. You could he's, do that. It'd he's be specifically five ish. He's specifically talking about two cars here. He like has, has found two and he's debating them. And so I get that. I get that. Yeah. But I'm just thinking. I mean, both of them are around the fifty thousand mile range. But the difference is that the the Beamer is in the the early thirties, 
uh, of, of price. So my feeling is if you can reach your way into the $30,000 range, why not look for a Cayman S? I do think because of altitude, and I just think in general, you're going to prefer the Cayman S. And I also think because you've owned a string of BMWs, my feeling is get the Cayman because it's it's what you haven't had. It's yeah. mid-engined. It's Porsche. It's still German, but it's going to have a very different feel. I think I think that is the much more interesting buy here, especially considering you've had an E90 chassis before. You've had a lot of BMWs. I'm not getting away from your BMW reality and saying that's bad. There's nothing wrong with it, but I'm saying branch out. Of those two, if it was, if you're really going to say E92 M3 or Porsche Cayman, I'm going to tell you Cayman. Well, I have a wild card, though. Okay, I'm curious to hear it, but I'm with you because, <clears throat> well, first of all, my proclivity lies towards Porsches. <clears throat> yes. And I like Porsches. Um, but We've heard. A couple of us have heard that. That, that's that's not yeah, that's not new news. <laughs> but look, if you've had a bunch of M3s and you're considering another one, he's already had the E90 chassis, even though it's a 330. Mm-hmm. But I am saying I'm not seeing Porsche ownership. And let's take Porsche out of it. How about a mid-engine car ownership? Yeah, and I, I see think that. that's what's going to really appeal here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, get the PDK, fine. But I'm I'm with Todd uh, on this, Thomas, and that is look for an S. If you can pop for the S, and you might get lucky because the S's mm-hmm. might be not that much more than the base, and you'll get that extra power. And I think you're probably going to eventually want it. The, the Cayman might be nice initially, but then you know it's like on a 650 bike, you might graduate yeah. sooner than you think. You might want that more power, and and to have that already. Might be a good thing. So I'm, I'm if, all over the Cayman. I really if this am. Is, and if you're going to really take this up some of the great winding roads in the Rockies, I think you're going to far prefer the Cayman driving experience in those moments. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we obviously drove the E92 very hard on the ring. It can be driven hard. It's fun to hustle. Please don't get me wrong. I just think the Cayman is a good new experience. It's a smaller car. It's going to rotate differently. Mm-hmm. Of those two, I prefer it. However, my wild card directly speaks to the fact that Thomas is a BMW guy. And I have to say, you don't even need the full budget you're talking about here. Find yourself, and you're going to have to look, find yourself a Z4M Coupe. The shoe. Yeah, well, but yeah, not the original clown shoe, the the follow-up. When they went to the Z4 and they made it <laughs> The Z4, sexy. the nice-looking one. Yeah, That's... with, I mean, come on, 330 uh, horsepower, BMW those? straight six. You're, they're probably not even going to be as much as either of these cars you're talking about. You're going to have to search for one, but now you've stayed in the BMW lineup. Maybe not. But, but having said that, Oh, you're going to go to one of your ah. sites where somebody's pulled one out of their garage oh, with 500 no. miles on it. See, yeah. well, the, the nice – that's the problem. They only have the really nice ones. And an 08 yeah. BMW M Coupe, the manual hatchback like Todd's talking, is 50 grand. But you can find them. You, you can find them for more. Trust me. Yeah. Okay, I'm yeah, going to try. You, you can find them for far less than that. Come uh, on. But anyway, my point is I'm sure for your new. money you can get one. For your money, I'm sure you – plus you're looking at cars of 50,000 miles on them. I, I feel very confident you can find one of these. And in the BMW lineup, that is a curveball to what you've owned before. Still has the great BMW straight six. It's still BMW, so you're going to like that. It's in the same rough year range of cars you're already considering. So the interior is going to be similar to that E92. But the dynamics and the size of it is not something you're going to already have had experienced because it's a two-door clown shoe. I think you'd love it. You're uh, confirmed. You can. They've got some others here that have more miles. That black one that I suggested only had 1,000 miles on it, so it's a brand new car. I knew it would. I knew it would. Okay, so here's two two different cars. They're both 07s. They are the M Coupe manual hatchback 
Mm-hmm. One 41,000 miles, the other has 54,000 miles, and they are 32,000 and 30,000 respectively. Bring it. Yep. I, I that's think, interesting I think right that's, there. That's my wild card for you, Thomas, because it keeps you huh. in the BMW family, but it gets you a totally different car experience, which is the thing I like so much about the Cayman for you. I do like that. I do like that. That's sort of... BMW builds a Cayman almost the, to some the degree. It's their compact... Cayman. It's their Cayman fighter. I mean, if it was left entirely up to me, I would pick the I would pick the Cayman over the Z4. Mm-hmm. But I'm just trying to think about what do I like dynamically, and that Cayman is awesome. But there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that Z4 either. So that's why I say that. Good choices. I like that. I'm I'm kind of leaning towards Cayman, but I like the Z4 as well. So Thomas, yeah, let us know what uh, what happens with that. Hopefully that's soon. And uh, speaking of soon, on our second car debate here, I wanted to to talk a little bit about this one because Nick's email caught my eye. Mm. He's writing to us on December 9th, so not that long ago, and he said yeah. he's moving to Scotland. And that really mm-hmm. caught my eye. More than, more than talking about the car he should get, I thought Scotland, and then I thought Wales, and then I thought all the, all the great driving roads in the UK and all that, yeah. the, the car culture available over there. I thought, oh, we've got to talk about this because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's there's some of the best driving roads on the planet. It's my understanding. I haven't gotten to do them well, quite I mean, yet, but I mean, here's here's the thing. Roads I, over I will there. I will acknowledge this. I, I will acknowledge that we're not completely geographically challenged. Wales and Scotland are not necessarily an easy day's drive close to each other. No. These are different parts of England, but Wales has awesome awesome roads, and Scotland has awesome awesome roads. You're rolling the dice a little bit on your uh, on your your weather. But, I mean, get up in the Scottish Highlands, there's some spectacular stuff. Sure. In fact, Evo yeah. Magazine did their Performance Car of the Year shoot uh, at the end of 2015. They well, did a really cool-looking video you know? in Scotland, and it's just it's breathtaking. So you're right. You're moving to a place. I don't know where you're moving from, Nick, but with the exception of a few places in the world, I think you're moving to a place with probably better roads than wherever you're leaving. I, I, I don't know where you're going from, right. but that's, that's probably going to be really cool. Yeah. I, I'm guessing that. But Nick has a Mitsubishi Lancer Rally Art from 2011. Mm-hmm. He loves yep. it. This is his baby, clearly, because he's been tuning it. He's wrenching on it. He wants to get it to 400 horsepower. But because of this work issue that yep. you know they want to send to Scotland – Nick, I'm looking at this, reading your email, thinking about, don't, don't be depressed. I'm looking at this thinking, if it's even a short term, like one, two, or three years, you've got an opportunity to really explore something different, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 different cars. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering, yeah, do you he's... have a friend that would buy your Lancer from you for 10 grand and then be willing to sell it back to you? At some point, so you kind of, kind of keep it in the Possibly. family. I've heard of people doing that. They love their yeah, car, but who knows? you know, sell it to your best friend and say, "Okay, I'll keep it running and I'll keep it nice, and then I'll sell it back to you when you get back." That well, could and work. there's even there's even the variable of do you have uh, somebody that has a, a barn or a warehouse or something well, to yeah. keep it in the corner and they can drive it once a couple months. There is that possibility too. Right. He's but he's expecting. We don't know the situation. There may be other reasons financially or something. But he's expecting that if he moves, the car gets sold and he never sees it again, and that bums him out. Mm-hmm. And it also makes him think about I'm going to be driving around in England in a hatchback I hate. That's what his concern is. And my feeling to you, Nick, is no, you aren't. I mean, you've already said a couple of things you think you can do. You said your budget is about uh, 15,000 pounds, roughly, to buy a car, and you're mm-hmm. asking about options. And one of the ones you brought up, Nick, is you brought up the imported from Japan R32 GTR. You can get those for your budget. 11 to 15,000 uh, pounds cool, actually. is available. 
Oh, yes. I'm not seeing the problem there. You're coming from an all-wheel drive (laughs) Japanese high-strung sports car you enjoy. I really don't see the downside to that thinking. I don't know. I can't speak to availability of parts and all that in London, but clearly I was actually looking them up earlier. You can find them. There they are. They're used for sale. That is an interesting thing. I have a couple other thoughts for you. You don't want to get a Miata. You said you don't think the answer is Miata, but you're saying, all right, I'd like a car between 10,000 and 15,000 pounds. What do you think? And I, uh, okay, all right, interesting. 15,000 pounds. Uh, all right, Nick. Um, I've got a website here for you that I just found. Of course found you do. Of course you do. Magically. It no is, one is surprised. Uh, it's carfinderscotland.co.uk. And it just gave me a whole list of ideas here for you. And I thought, what about a GT86? What about Todd's car? I mean, you'd get to experience something different. It'd be fun for those roads. If you don't need a lot of, uh, you know, people hauling or cargo kind of stuff, it might be it might be a good opportunity for you to get out of something. And like I said, Mm -hmm. you know, the friend thing or store it. You could even look into how much it's going to cost to ship the car. That could be an option if it's. If it's viable, that might be take it with you. Um, you'd, you'd have to really, you know, it depends on where you're coming from and what kind I, of deal I you would find. I wouldn't take it with him just because of the left hand right right hand drive equation. I I personally wouldn't do that for that reason. But oh, that's true. Um, but he might be, well, he might be in Britain. I can't tell where he's living. We don't know. Don't know. I I, I suspect he isn't, but I don't know. We don't know. Okay, so it just gave me a load of ideas here because, you know, all kinds of different price ranges here. Mm-hmm, and I thought, mm-hmm. well, Todd's car, he really likes that. Obviously, yeah. he's proven to, yeah. you know, you've done it in all kinds of weather, snow, whatever. Sure, of course. Yeah, you know, yeah. you've told us those stories. Um, I'm just thinking something small, lightweight, you know, fun. the fun to drive factor has come out. Well, he Not says like here a he doesn't. WRX or a he, something he's, else. He's, yeah, you know? he says here he, he loves British sports cars. He doesn't mind. Uh, uh, giving up some practicality for for some fun, which is great. Which means, you know what? I had uh, it's funny. I hadn't even thought of recommending that car to him. I do see your point. I think there is, I think there is a viable option there. I have a couple that I thought of. Since he said he doesn't think the answer is Miata, I do want to bring up to you. What about an S two thousand? Yeah, it's just. I, was I don't just know about if you're shopping for a convertible, that. but S two thousand and GT eighty six, they're in the same kind of world. Now the GT eighty six is shockingly practical compared to the S two thousand, but the S two thousand, especially if this is as you've kind of said it to us, only going to be your fun car for Scottish roads. My feeling is the S two thousand is a focused, just scalpel of a car that that's what it does well. That would be fun. You could get one for that budget. Um, I have two others that are, couldn't be more different, but I'm curious what else you've got in your mind. You know, I was just thinking, Nick, I, I agree with you. I don't think the Miata is really the answer either. I think something a little bit bigger, um, you know, maybe they're fun, they're cool. But um, I, I would say don't let the British sports car love define define that, even though I do want to get you into something different. I want to kind of get you away from the, you know, as Todd said, the all-wheel drive, the turbocharged, high-strung, mm-hmm. you know, kind of rally car yeah, i see that I see even that. though those roads are kind of built for that over there too i suppose um well i mean here's that's why i came sorry, back to on. the that's why i came back to the gt86 and that's why i like your mm-hmm. your s2000 idea because you know cheap there's a load of other options on here there's well, what's, nissan 370 there's infinities yeah. there's renault megans there's you know the bmw z4 but none of them are going to be 10 grand 
No. What's interesting about the British car market, and to be honest with you, I can't speak to this with, with definitive commentary as to why this is the case. I have my suspicions, and it mainly is the fact that, obviously, you're selling right-hand drive cars to an island. There's cars have no other market other than England. And so as a result, That's what happens true. is, and, and pick your website. Pick your website, look at used cars, or watch old episode of Top Gear where they're talking about buying you know, some used car challenge for hundreds or sometimes tens of pounds. The used car market, cars don't plummet there. They drop down a black hole. Yeah. And so cars yeah. that aren't that old without that many miles, I mean, $15,000 you have far less options than you do at 15,000 pounds buying a right-hand drive British used car. I have to say to you, since you're coming out of a Lancer Rally Art 2011, I have to bring up this question. If you like that world so much and you're that bummed about getting rid of that car, you have to consider an Evo X. Sure. Because, well, because the other thing about it is Britain got... I'm not, look, I, I, I'm going to come back around to... That's too close to what he's already to, got. I well, think. He, I agree just, with you. It's I, I actually agree with you. It is very similar to what he has, but if he loves it so much it's going to depress him to get rid of it, then my feeling is get the bigger, better version. Because remember, Britain had the 330-horsepower version, the 360-horsepower version, the 400-horsepower version from the factory. You could get, especially if you're moving there from from here in the U.S. and you haven't had access to those versions, you could get a car you can't even get here that's in the vein of what you already like. That's the reason I bring it up. If he's that in love with that Lancer Rally art, I go, okay, Get a super hot version Possibly. of the Evo X. But he's already tuned in his current car, and he's got plans for 400. Who knows how much it's got now? But that's just yeah. that's not that's apples to apples. That's not even getting into something different to me. I, I do hear that. I do hear that. So that brings me to my personal favorite for you, honestly, Nick. You can get it for the budget. It is totally different than what you have. It would be amazing on a British back road. Why not buy a Lotus Elise? Yes, you can get them for this cost. You're going to get no. the British version. Yes, you can. I looked, no. buddy. Yes, you for can. F- under 15 Yes, you can. Quid. Under 15 mm-hmm. Really? Yep. Yep, I've looked. There's options. I mean, you have to keep in mind, over there they also offer, you know, lower horsepower versions of like 130 horsepower versus 190 horsepower. In that car, it's not really going to matter. You can absolutely. I've got one in front of me right here. That is what we're talking about. What year? I found I'm a. Curious. I found an 07. Found an 07 blue one with 130 horsepower for like 14 quid. 14,000. Really? Quid. Yep. They yep, do yep. drop off a cliff, don't they? So, so that's the thing. I do think, especially since you're talking about you don't need the practicality, you like British sports cars, this is such an icon. You can get them used. If you're going to be over there, that's what the car's for. Then why not look at an Elise? It is a totally different driving experience than you've had so far. And, you know, we encourage that. I think it's worth looking hard at. I like that better than the Evo, honestly. I mean, I, I can see what you're saying there, but I, I like that because it is British. It's mm-hmm. That could be really fun. That would be yeah. worth all the hassle and the struggle and you know parking and all that stuff. That car would make it worth it. It but really I just would. But I get the impression that he's buying a car just for the fun parts of driving. He's talking about yep. he's probably going to be even able to walk or, or take public transit to work. So this is just a fun car. You're in Britain. British roads, right-hand drive, early Lotus Elise, done. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, um, Nick, you've got some choices here to make, and uh, sounds like you're moving kind of soon. So let us know what you what you yeah uh, definitely want to hear about this. What you come up with, and guys, in the meantime, would you please rate the podcast? Let us know what you think because this is released mm-hmm. on Tuesdays every week, 
And we really do want to hear from you, and especially the prior podcast, as we mentioned at the top of this one, the prior yeah, podcast where we're talking about the year, you know, we're talking about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. tossing around some different ideas. We definitely still want to hear from you on that. We've started to get a few emails trickle in, which has been great. Thank you guys for uh, for emailing and, and uh, weighing in with your opinions. But please, we, we still do want to hear from you and, and uh, let yep. us know what you think. Also, we've got the pilgrimage film. If you haven't seen that, speaking of rating and reviewing, please do so on the Amazon. If you've ordered the Blu-ray, please leave your comments on the uh, on the Amazon site there or on Vimeo. We're starting to get some interesting, good commentary on that. All and, of the above, yeah. And yeah, it's just again, it's more about what did you guys think of that, and and that's what we're interested in hearing: good, bad, or otherwise. Well, or we're, we're wanting your commentary across the board, and it is interesting to see as people are rating that and sharing it. More people that have not found us before are liking that pilgrimage <laughs> film because we're discovering it as being yeah. such a universal interest in people. And we've had a good number of people find us through Facebook shares and other things and, and are writing to us and going, wait, where do I find this film? So if you're looking for the shortest way to get there, it is everydaydriver.com slash films. You can find all three of our films there. Uh, but, of course, it's going to take you to either Vimeo or Amazon, depending upon if you want the streaming version or you would like it on Blu-ray with all of the extras. Uh, yeah, it's it's playing really well. And what I'm loving about it is the people that have seen it are really loving it and being inspired yep. to want to yep. go themselves, which is exactly what we wanted. We wanted people to see this as a real thing, to understand the realities of it. Some of the realities of it are daunting. We wanted you to see the real realities of it, get inspired by it. That's happening, which just thrills me, honestly. Agreed. Thanks, guys, for listening, for watching, and looking forward to next week. Thanks again. Talk to you then. 